right this morning. I'm not sure. Are we, we feeling good? Feeling good? We're all ready to go. Leaning in. We got the youth at the front row, so they're going to bring some good energy for me. Um, but this morning, as, um, as I was thinking about this topic this morning, and I was talking and I was thinking about and reflecting uh, on ways that um, I have not been prepared for moments. Have you ever had one of these? Um, this time, five years ago, to this day, I was on this walk, um, set out, I'm very optimistic for those of you that don't know me, set out just dreaming big and thinking big and, and just thinking everything's going to be great and good. And so we set out on this walk um, in Spain with this idea that if you've ever heard of the Camino walk, um, the entire walk itself is 800 kilometres. And the walk that we set out to do, my friend Carly and myself, um, we are going to do 270 kilometres in 11 days. So it's good, it's a decent walk, right? And um, me being very optimistic, I enjoy walking, I love walking. Everyone out there online love a bit of walking and, and enjoying the sceneries around. So I thought this is good, we'll set off and we'll go on this little adventure to go on the Camino walk and, you know, take in the scenery and have time with God and, and enjoy the moments. And as we're doing that, um, in the lead up to being able to walk for 270 kilometres back to back on 11 days um, we thought just one training day was okay sufficient I enjoy walking remember um, I enjoy walking I love walking so that should be okay but what was very essential was to look the part so we bought the shoes we got the gear we got the lightweight pack because we we're carrying our packs so essential to not get a heavy pack because you're carrying that that whole way and so we set off and we were walking this walk and we got to our first day and we arrived at our location and it was 6am was the start time because um, we needed that time to be able to get to the next town in the required amount of time. So we get up at 6am and it is dark and it is raining. It is pouring with rain, like raindrops that I've never experienced before. They were huge. And I'm like, what is going on here? But we look at each other and we're like, no, we got to go. This is the time scheduled and this is what we need to be able to do our walk for the day. So we get on the road and we start walking. We're all, you know, these big ponchos and all these things happening. Um, we get on the road, it clears up and all is good. And so then we start walking for this day. And um, then it came to a point where it was now downhill. And me being optimistic and like thinking, I'll just take this and I'll go for a run down because it's quicker. It's quicker to run down than to walk down. And I still haven't learnt my lesson because I reckon I'd still do it to this day again. But then I run down this hill, I pop my knee, this is day one, this is day one of 11 days, and it swells from my knee to my ankle. It is like all one, it's just one big puffy leg. And it is sore and so I'm hobbling through. Eventually, I think day two or three, I find some physio in some little town and, and he's able to do some work on it. But what I, we didn't do in the preparations of, you know, looking the part and getting all the right gear was, you know, the people with the walking sticks? You're like, we don't need that. We don't need that. Uh, sure enough, we had the walking sticks. We had the bandages. We had them on both knees. We had strapping. We had all this thing. Needless to say, I was not very prepared for the walk. Um, Carly, who um, then came back and she saw a physio when she got back. And what they, were, they told us was, had we been prepared and had we been training appropriately, walking continuously and doing the right amount of training, there would have been a strengthening, you know, that muscle from the glute to the knee, 
would have been strengthened and therefore we wouldn't have been in as much pain as possibly what we were in. So there was this underpreparedness and this weakness of these muscles that were, had no training and nothing going on. There was a, a lack of preparation that took place. That when, and there's a photo there of the mountaintop, where is it? You know, this was our hero moment, and then next minute we're declining and everything falls apart at that point. But there are these moments when we go, and there are these mountaintop moments that we may experience in life, but what is essential to some of these moments? And we're going to see this in the life of Abraham, where God calls him to this mountaintop moment. And what we see in Abraham is that he is mountaintop prepared, unlike me, where he is in his life well and truly prepared enough for this moment where God calls him to go on the mountaintop where God calls him to something that um, for me, when I would read this story and when I hear of what God is asking of Abraham, I ask myself the question, am I prepared for these moments? Am I prepared? Because we all love the victorious moments of standing on the hilltop and, and sitting there in the victory. But there is preparation that comes that prepares us for those moments. Are we ready to lean into this? Can I pray for us as we go? Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that for each one of us here, may our ears be open, may our hearts be open to receive and hear what you would say to us. That, Lord, as we open up your word, living word, alive today, may it speak to us, may we be transformed by it, and, Lord, may we be... Lord God, just open to what you would say to us in this moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So Genesis 22, if you've got that open where you're at. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to, said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servant, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. We're going to leave it there for a minute. Over here, as Abraham hears what God is saying to him, he's saying to Abraham in this moment, if you know the story of Abraham, Abraham to this point has been longing and praying and waiting and, and asking for a son of his own. So there was a long journey for Abraham to this point to be able to say, um, to be able to have a son, to be able to receive a son, to be able to have this son to, for himself that they've been dreaming about, they've been longing for. So Abraham finds himself in that moment where you, have you ever had this moment where you've been waiting for something and longing for something? You receive that thing. And now what God is asking of Abraham in this moment is like, Abraham, will you take your son, your only son, the one it says here that you love, 
that very thing in our lives where we love it and we've been waiting for it and we've got it. God says, take that and sacrifice your son Isaac on this altar in this place and this mountaintop that I'm going to show you. And so Abraham in this moment, where he has been longing for this son, his one and only son, in Genesis 21, we see this in Abraham's life, where he has now sent Ishmael off. He sent him away. And so now we've got Isaac here, and he's referred to as his one and only son, this heir of of, um, Abraham's, that Isaac here, who um, Abraham has, where God has given this blessing to him and Sarah. Now, I don't know how much of this equation Sarah knows about, to be honest. Like, is he filling filling her in on this? But God speaks to him. And he says, take your son, that one who is dear to you, the one that you've been waiting for, that one and only son that you have, take him. I want you to come and bring him and sacrifice him to me. Every phrase of what God's command to Abraham over here, would you agree, would be cutting at the very deep of our human nature to hold on to it. That if you were waiting for a son, if you've been waiting for something that is so dear to your heart, that you've been longing for, that you've been waiting for, that you've been been now given to you, Would you agree that it would be a hard thing now to say, okay, God, I'm going to sacrifice this? It would be hard, right? Is it just me? All that he has been waiting for, this son that has been promised to him, he's now received. And so in this moment where God calls him to come and sacrifice your son, what I see in the life of Abraham here is that he doesn't hesitate. There's no dialogue here to say, oh, hang on, God, let me think about it. Let me pray about it. Oh, let me talk to my friends about it. Let me go and um, get some other counsel on this. There seems to be no hesitation. He gets up the next morning and he goes off. And I look at it as because Abraham knows of a promise that has been established to him. That way back when God has promised to Abraham in a vision, offer alpha vision to Abraham to say there's a promise established. And that promise was, and that moment Abraham's like, what's the point? There's no heir, the, the heir of everything I own, everything I've, that belongs to me is going to someone outside of my family. And in a vision, God speaks to him. And he tells Abraham that there'll be an heir that comes from your very own body. There was a promise established in Abraham that Abraham knew that a God who is trustworthy, a God who is faithful, a God who is for him, a God that knows the beginning to the end is in this moment where he calls him to sacrifice his son. That he is in this moment that what he knows of God is that promise that is established in him. That he's saying that the heir of, who, of your own body, there will be a descendant coming from you. And that in this moment, in the sacrificing, there is no hesitation from Abraham. That Abraham draws on this promise established 
This knowing of what God has spoken to him already. This knowing of a God who's going to fulfill that promise. And knowing that God who is in control of all things. A God who is is at work in his life. He's in this moment here. He relies on that promise established. There are promises established for each one of us here today. That in our walk, in our faith journey, whether we have heard God whisper and speak into our lives in seasons that hold us to believe for things that are not yet seen. There are promises that God speaks in our lives. These promises that are established in us. Or maybe there are promises established that as we read God's word, as we allow it to go deep within who we are, that there are promises after promises of what God speaks to each one of us here today. That every single one of us, God promises so many things in the word of God. That if you're in this moment and there are valleys and there's tough times at the moment and you're in this season of like things aren't going well. I'm feeling tired. I'm feeling weak. I'm feeling like I can't go on. There's a promise of God that says that God promises to strengthen you. That there are hard and tough seasons. We've all been in these seasons. But then we draw upon this promise that is established to us. That we have a God who strengthens us. That when we are tired and when we are weary and at the end of ourselves, God promises that he'll give us rest. God promises that he'll give us rest. That when we don't know what tomorrow will bring and when there's hard times in front of us and we don't know how we're going to meet the the means of what tomorrow holds, God's promise established is that he'll take care of all our needs. That he'll take care of our needs. That when things are in a rubble and they're in a mess and things are all falling apart and you see no way out, God says, I'm going to pick that stuff up. And I'm going to turn all these things into good. The mess, the rubbish, that he goes, I promise that I'll turn it into good. He will take what is, what is turned into rubble and he will turn those things into good. That God's promises that are established in his word of God, that they are for each one of us here today, that his promises are established in us, that are within us and that we draw upon these promises. And when we see in the, in the life of Abraham here, And as God calls him in this season to come and sacrifice your son, he does it without hesitation. He does it with this knowing of the promises of God in his life. In verse 6, it goes on. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Great question, Isaac. Great question. Where is that? Where is it? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. 
he bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. So we have this promise established and now we have a promise tested that in this moment of Abraham living out, he is faithful right to this point where he has gathered his son, he has built the altar, he has bound his son on that altar, he's placed him there, he's got the knife to that point of right until God speaks, this moment of testing in this place that Abraham is absolutely obedient to what God is saying that Abraham here displayed in his whole heart towards what God was doing, that he was not flinching in that, he was able to give up his son, his one and only son, that son that he has been waiting for, that in this moment he was right up until God spoke, that we saw Abraham's obedience. Abraham was willing to go there. He was willing to trust God. He was willing to be able to know that God and his promises that is established in him, that he was in control in this moment right here. So we see in the testing time here for Abraham that this obedience that is in him, right to the point, I can't imagine the, the, the nature and this natural tendency to not do what he was doing. And yet, Everything in him was obedient to what God was calling him to. There was a trust in knowing that God was in control and that God had it. In these moments of testing, when I think about when um, seasons of life and we're in these moments where, you know, storms are coming and testing's happening and all kinds of things are happening in this, in our lives, that sometimes I would often think that this is a moment where to be able to test and produce faith in this moment. To be able to, these are the moments where, okay, we're put to the test and uh, we're going to produce faith in this moment of whatever we're dealing with. But in fact, as I think about this moment and I think about what Abraham is walking through, where he has had that promise established and now this promise being tested, that actually in this moment where he is journeying, that what gets, what happens in this is that now there is a revealing of what's inside of him. There is a revealing of faith that's within him. It is not a testing of producing faith, but in fact, what has been established in him, what he has already journeyed through, the days, the weeks, the years of walking with God is now being seen in this moment where God is testing him. It is this faith that is being revealed in this moment. It is what is already inside of Abraham that allows him to be carried up that mountain, that allows him to even start the journey of walking up that mountain. Because I don't know in the moment where God's saying, okay, give up that thing in my life, where I'd even start the journey to go up. Where I'd even start the journey of like, where is that mountain, God? But what gets revealed in this moment in the life of Abraham 
is a faith that is within Abraham, that is revealed through these moments of testing, that is seen in his life and through his life, something that carries him up that mountaintop. There are moments where we, many of us, would be tested. And then what gets revealed in those moments is what's established in us, is what's seen in us in those moments, where I don't know if you've seen someone walk through hard times, and it's just a beautiful picture when you see the faith rise and the faith that is seen in them. Because it's easy to have faith when all things are going good, right? It's easy to have faith in the moments of believing when you're up on that mountaintop. But the journey up to the mountain, preparing us in those seasons is what is seen in these moments, what is established in us in those moments where our daily walk with God, where it's in the quiet times, the reading the word of God, the deposits of what God speaks into our life, day after day, moment after moment, year upon year, all those being stored up in us, building up faith within us, storing up a trust in who God is, and knowing of a Father who's in the beginning and the end and in the midst of this moment, He is there with you. That is in every part of those moments that are storing up in us deposits of who God is and knowing of a father who is who's loving us and is for us and is in before us that is in each one of those moments that there is a storehouse of what is getting built up in us strengthening us giving us all that we need in this season in the face of challenge, in the, in the face of what we, we go through, that there are these preparation moments that just are seen and displayed in all its beauty, I think. You know, none of us love the test, none of us want the test, none of us want to go there. But there's something that we get out of those moments. If anyone's been in that space where you couldn't learn it any other way, you just learn another aspect of who God is. The obedience, the faith, the trust in who God is goes even f- deeper and further into who he is, that we are strengthened by those moments. In verse 13, Abraham looked up and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went up over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. There is a promise established. There is a promise tested. And then there's a promise fulfilled. 
that the journey of that, knowing the, knowing the promise that was established in the testing moments of that journey up. And then there's this promise fulfilled in Abraham's life that he didn't even see the magnitude of what that was. As surely as many stars are in the sky and sand in the seashore will be your descendants, Abraham. What had happened in the moment of testing was in the book of the Bible, there are, um, there are stories where you see they have a zillion children. They have so many kids, right? Some of these people, so many family. But Abraham had one. He had one child. So about his one son, the one he loved, the thing he longed for, he had one. And God said, Because you have not withheld it, because you have not held on to it, because you have not held it to yourself, you've, you've given your son on that altar. He goes as numerous as a stars are, as many as the sand is on the seashore, so will your descendants be. But he called for that one thing, the one and only son he had. What Abraham had in this moment is this, it, through this fulfilment of this promise was that he wasn't holding back that one son that he had. He could have said, God, won't you go to so-and-so who's got a zillion sons? I've just got one son. He didn't hold back. He didn't hold on to that one thing. Would you agree sometimes when we have been given things, when we are entrusted with some stuff, and we feel like, God, I've only got this amount, so go and ask someone else for something for the rest of it. Or I'm holding on to something so tightly because I've only got a little amount of it. What we see in the life of Abraham when we see his life that was fully surrendered, over here it says he went to worship God. That idea of worshipping God was to bow down and lay it all down. Holding nothing back but laying it all down to God. At that point, God picks it up and he goes, I can use that. I can do um, credible things with what you've got. Just one son. And he picks it up. He multiplies it. As numerous, they can't even count, and he doesn't even see it all. In our lives today, that as I've been going over this scripture, God's been speaking about just this idea of, we, we, we often hear it through our offering talks about, you know, what we've been given to us, it all comes from God. But in this moment, to know that, idea that all that we've been given, all that's been entrusted to us, all that's been put into our hands, our spouses, our kids, our jobs, our families, our homes, our finances, our treasures, our talents, the whole lot has been given to us from God, would we agree? And what he says in this moment, what we see in Abraham is an example of saying, God, I give it all back to you. I'm not going to hold back any of it. I'm not going to say, I'll go to that person because they have more children. 
I'm not going to say, oh, just go to that other friend because they've got more time than I have. But every part of who we are, every part of what God has entrusted to us has been given to us. I believe that in this moment, God's saying to us, are you willing to worship me with it? Are you willing to bow it and lay it all down on the altar? Are you willing to bow down and worship me? Holding none of it back, but being able to release it all to God. I don't know what he will speak to each one of us in that. It's a bit of a dangerous thing, but I feel like it worked out well for Abraham. Yeah. But our natural tendency, I think in our culture, in this day and age of who we are, we want to keep it all, hold on to it tightly, fix the problems, take control of the relationships, take control of our finances, take control of our children. You know, they talk about helicopter families and all these things. We do. We want to hold it on tightly because we think it will be securely placed in our hands. But I think we need to learn and need to know a little bit more about a God who holds it all and is willing to hold it all and is trustworthy to hold it all. This morning as we wrap up, I would love to pray for us. And when you're doing a message like this, God really speaks to you as well. <laughs> that idea that even for my life, and I hope for each one of our lives, that as no matter what season of life we're in, whether we are still establishing God, if we're new in our faith journey and, and learning off these promises and instilling those promises into our life, that God, you will take care of my needs. God, you will turn all this rubbish into good. God, you will you'll establish these things. You'll protect me. You'll be with me. All these things are good to be able to place in our lives. Or whether in your season and you're, you're going up that mountaintop at the moment, and you're like, God, I just need your promises just to carry me up this mountaintop. You need, I need your promises, Lord, to move with me as I go up here. That in those testing times to know that God is with you, that God is for you, that he's going in front of you, he's behind you. But then there's this bit that I think it relates to every single one of us where sometimes we lose sight of knowing that everything we have is God's and that we don't hold any of that back from God. Time, talent, treasures, family, work, the whole lot, holding on to that promotion, holding on to my job so no one else gets it. No, it's all God's. That every single part of it, of who we are, that in this moment, I'd love for us, we're going to sing that song with holding nothing. I'm going to invite you to stand now as we're about to do that. That in this moment, that maybe God's speaking to you about one of those three parts of being mountaintop prepared, getting ready for those moments where God is God just is with us in those mountaintop moments. And if there's 
and one of those things where God is speaking to you, whether it's God's promises established, God's promise tested, God's promise fulfilled. This idea of withholding none of it back from God. And if that's you, I'd just love for you to just maybe hold out your hands. That God takes it, the little we have, that He may be calling us to use it for Him or place it on that altar for Him. That are we willing to withhold nothing back? Are we willing to say, God, I trust you to take it all? Lord, may I have those, that obedience and that trust in you, God, as Abraham did. To lay it all down before you, Lord, and hold nothing back. Jesus, I pray for every person here. Lord, hands open wide. Lord, you know their story. You know where they're at. You know what you've placed in their hands. And Lord, I thank you that everyone that is willing, Lord God, to place that in a place of worship to you, God, to surrender it to you, to say, Lord, use it as you will. Lord, I pray that in this moment, that by your Holy Spirit, that Lord, as you grow us, Lord God, as you teach us to follow you, Lord, may our days be walked in an attitude and posture, Lord God, where we would hold none of it back from you. Wholeheartedly would we worship you, Lord, in our finances, in our work, in our, our families, in our relationships, in our study, every single part of it, Jesus. Would you take it and use it, we pray. Lord God, multiply it. Lord God, in the ways that would further your kingdom of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing.